Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Country Heat Weekly ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Scotty grew up impersonating Elvis. So, first question, can you still do it? I was just in the shower singing Elvis. I feel like right before that. It's now or never. Come hold me tight. Kiss me, my darling. Be mine tonight. So, a little bit. Yeah. So good. Best compliment I've ever gotten in my life. Uh, Priscilla Presley was there rock and roll week when I was on American Idol, and she pulled me aside because she said, Scotty, can I tell you something? She said, Elvis would have loved you. Life is full of personal wins, whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list. Winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery. Code Wondery. Yeah. I just Gosh, just fall over, knock me dead. Hi, this is Blake Shelton. This is Carly Pierce. I'm Thomas Rhett. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. From my family to yours, happy holidays. Merry Christmas, y'all. I'm Scotty McCreary. My episode of Country Heat Weekly starts right now. Happy holidays, friends. I'm Amber Anderson in Nashville, and I do not technically have my Christmas decorations up yet. I have my wreath up. That counts, I think. Right? Partially. The rest of it's going up today. How about you? <laughs> oh, I've got them up, honey. Everything <laughs> is up and shiny. Hey, everybody. It's Kelly Sutton. We are back from our week off of Thanksgiving, and we are diving heart first into Christmas. Thank you, Kelsey Ballerini. Even more important than the decorating, we need to talk about the shopping. I know you've been spending money because we text each other all the time and say, should I buy this? And we both say, yes. Yes. We had a full conversation last evening about the gifts we were buying for ourselves. (laughs) 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 Yes, the shopping. It's been so good. And I've actually found some good deals and I have bought for other people already, which is I'm ahead of the game there. I'm usually a last minute shopper, Mm -hmm. but... I'm actually making some progress, so I'm I'm happy. But we have the perfect gift for all the Scotty McCreary fans on your list. This podcast. There you go. It's all wrapped <laughs> up with a bow just for you. Scotty is coming off of paternity leave due to the early arrival of his son, Avery. He did a video interview with us from his music room at his home in North Carolina. Yes, we were actually scheduled to interview Scotty the day Avery was born. We got an email from his label the day before saying there was a family emergency and he needed to reschedule. Family being the key word there. We all knew what was going on. It worked out great because we got all the baby stories, including what Avery thinks of daddy's voice, how their dog Moose is adjusting to the new baby in the house, and how being a father has affected Scotty's songwriting. 
Later in the episode, we're going to rediscover the music of what was arguably country music's most successful band, Alabama. Ugh, Amber, I remember coming to town and getting to interview Alabama for the first time, and I was a nervous wreck. <laughs> really? I mean, I listened to Alabama growing up. It was mm-hmm. in my dad's truck. This was like the music of my childhood. And immediately, as soon as I met all the guys, they put me at ease. And Randy Owen has the biggest heart and is just so very kind. And I've had a chance to interview him multiple times because he did some solo projects. But Alabama has my heart now and forever. And I know that we are missing Jeff Cook. We just lost him. Mm -hmm. But for people that don't know the backstory or the history of Alabama, stay tuned. You will not be disappointed. Before we get into all of that, though, we are going to get you in the Christmas spirit with a dive into one of Amazon Music's exclusive country Christmas playlists. And we're going to catch up on all the things that happened last week. Here we go. Off to the kitchen to find out what's cooking. There was a lot of really fun stuff that went down right before everybody left town for Thanksgiving. For starters... Lauren Elena got engaged. We are so excited for her. You've probably seen all the pictures and video of her introducing her fiancé, Cam, to the Opry audience. I don't know if you noticed this, but she and her fiancé did an entire photo shoot backstage at the Opry in one of the dressing rooms. And when I zoomed in, I saw all the pictures. I think it was the Women of Country dressing room. I was going to ask. I was going to say, is it in the It Takes Two dressing room with all the duets? (laughs) No, but that would have been perfect. That would be perfect. But she's on the wall in the Women of Country room. (laughs) So So that makes sense. It was just gorgeous. A beautiful backdrop. She looked stunning that night. And then showing off that rock, Mm -hmm. and it happens to be on the hand that she holds the microphone with. Yeah. Even better. What a great place to do an engagement shoot. Oh, yeah. Those dressing rooms are stunning. Yep. If you haven't come to Nashville and done an Opry tour, highly recommend. Absolutely. And now we know who that mystery man was that she mentioned when she was a guest on the podcast last year at this time. I have a boyfriend now. We've been together a long time. I've never posted about him. I've never spoken about him publicly. I do say I have a boyfriend. I mean, I don't lie. But that's a part of my life that's really sacred to me now. A piece of me that's just for me, and that's allowed to, by the way. You're allowed to keep things for yourself. Cam is an insurance executive who lives here in Nashville. Congrats to the happy couple. Congrats, guys. In other news, Kenny Chesney announced his 2023 touring plans, but we're most excited for his opening act. Kelsey Ballerini! (laughs) We know how much Kelsey looks up to her fellow East Tennessean. We were there when she came out and sang Half of My Hometown with him at Nissan Stadium at his tour stop in Nashville. And now they'll get to do it every night on Kenny's I Go Back tour. Now, if you think the tour name is odd, it's because you're thinking of his 2004 hit called I Go Back. And why exactly would he name a tour after a song that's almost 20 years old? Every time I hear that song, and I go back to a two-tone short bed Chevy, driving my first love out to Levy, living life with no sense of time. But really, the tour name references Kenny going back to places he hasn't been in a while. Right. After concentrating on stadiums for the past few years, he's now going to play smaller venues in towns like Moline, Illinois, Grand Forks, North Dakota, and Birmingham, Alabama. There are 21 dates announced so far, but none of them are in Tennessee. Yeah, but come on, you know 
they're going to play Thompson Bowling Arena in Knoxville. I mean, it's in the video for half of my hometown. I saw in a social media video where Kelsey gave the camera a wink and said, more to come. So we're just going to manifest that show to happen. And when it does, we are going. Road trip. (laughs) Keeping with the theme of what's old is new again, Thomas Rhett did his first headlining tour in 2017. It was called the Home Team Tour. It's back. The Home Team Tour 23 is launching next May. TR is taking Cole Swindell and Nate Smith out with him. And just like the first one, he'll wrap the tour with a show in Nashville. Hmm, I think Cole is going to have a dilemma on this tour. Yeah, you think so? Why? Well, She Had Me at Heads Carolina is one of the biggest songs of his career. So it would probably come near the very end of his set. Yes. And? Well, Thomas Rhett co-wrote that song. So it would be a really cool moment if Thomas Rhett had it in his show and brought Cole back out onto the stage so they could do it together. Mm, I see. Yeah. Well, they may have to, I don't know, flip a coin. Heads Cole Swindell, <laughs> tails Thomas Red. <laughs> Tis the season for Christmas music. And this week in our Heat Index, we're going to shine the Christmas lights on Amazon Music's Holiday Country Playlist. There's obviously a great blend of holiday favorites that you'd expect from the torchbearers of country carolers like Martina McBride, Garth Brooks, Brett Eldridge, and Carrie Underwood. But what I love about this is it introduces some fresh tunes to our holiday soundtracks, and some of them are pretty fun. Like Santa Claus Was My Uber Driver from Lee Bryce. (laughs) This song couldn't have been written in the 90s. Santa Claus was my Uber driver last night. Picked me up at the airport after a flight. Had his red velvet hat on the dash. Big white beard, black boot on the gas. (laughs) There's also one called Lit This Year from Florida Georgia Line. And yes, it is exactly what you think it is. That Christmas tree ain't the only thing it lit this year. There's old camp in the eggnog and that fridge is full of cheese. One that I love is I Hope It Snows from Megan Patrick and Mitchell Tenpenny. Or as they're legally known now, Mr. and Mrs. Mitchell Tenpenny. Oh, yeah. Their first married Christmas together. So Mitchell is a Nashville native. This song is all about Megan taking him back home to Canada for Christmas with her family. with the family theme, Brandon Davis's Family Tree is really a special song you need to listen to if you haven't heard it yet. With a star on top to praise the man who made it be We thank him for the years before and a couple more around the family tree But honestly, the Christmas song we didn't know we needed comes courtesy of Carrie Underwood. It's appropriate from Thanksgiving all the way to New Year's. Stretchy pants! This time of year, we all live in stretchy pants. Thomas Rhett's new Christmas music is on the playlist, along with Dan and Shay's Holiday Party. We got to talk to them about this song last month on Radio Road during the CMA Awards. 
We waited till the day after Halloween to announce it. You're welcome. Love so, it. yeah, Thank we you. didn't wait till Thanksgiving. I apologize for no, that. There are okay, people who are like, it's too early for Christmas Never. music. I'm like, we have a finite window. We need to promote this song. <laughs> That's right. So, <laughs> like we got it's on business. it. Yeah, and uh, we're excited about this one. It's fun. The response has been amazing so far. And uh, we're stacking up enough Christmas songs. We almost have an album now. Yes. Yeah, Is that we're getting how close. It's happen? Yeah, eventually <laughs> it's going to be like, we released an album. People yeah. are like, what? No, no, like over the last like 10 years, we did. <laughs> yeah. Last year, we did a Christmas episode of Country Heat Weekly with those guys zooming in. That was so much fun. We're going to encore that for you in a couple of weeks. But in the meantime, if you need help getting into the holiday spirit or need a soundtrack for your holiday party, check out the playlist Holiday Country on Amazon Music. Prime members get their podcasts commercial-free, so you'll get this puzzle solved immediately. This is a fun thing we do called Who Said That? This week's mystery artist is a rare unicorn, The quote is, I've never bought anything on Amazon. My wife is onto it big time. I'm like, how are you getting all this stuff just showing up to the house? This person said this to us recently and our jaws were on the ground. (laughs) Keep listening and we'll tell you who said that right here on Country Heat Weekly. Happy holidays, y'all. This is Cody Johnson. We're Old Dominion. And I'm Casey Musgraves. This is Jimmy Allen and you're listening to Country Heat Weekly. Boom, boom. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Sound the gifting panic alarm. We've all been there. You need to find the perfect gift. You have absolutely zero ideas and you don't know where to start. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. Just answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Imagine pages of artisan espresso mugs for the coffee connoisseur in your life. Or for the pickleballer, customized paddle covers in every shade imaginable. Etsy's got you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. We're back, and we're going to hear a confession of an artist who has never ordered anything from Amazon. I've never bought anything on Amazon. I know, I know, because my wife is on to it big time, and I'm like, how are you getting all this stuff just showing up at the house? Sam Hunt! Hannah, you need to share your account with Sam. Or, you know what, better yet, don't. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk to a bunch more stars a bit later in the show to find out what they've been priming direct to their doorstep. For our center stage guest, Scotty McCreary... It's going to probably be diapers. We have American Idol's Season 10 champion joining us today. Scotty McCreary is a North Carolina native who gained an interest in music pretty early on, and he began playing guitar when he was around 9 or 10 years old. 
Since winning the show, his career has soared. Originally signed to a major label, Scotty has since moved to the independent label Triple Tigers, where he has had five consecutive number one songs, the most recent being Damn Straight. Damn Straight. Fun fact, when Scotty was on Idol, he stood out among the contestants because he has a super deep voice, which apparently he may have picked up from impersonating Elvis growing up. We have a lot of exciting stuff to talk about, but of course, the two most important things on our radar right now are his new music drop and becoming a dad for the first time this October with his wife, Gabi. I know we want to talk about the deluxe edition of Same Truck, but we are going to start with the most important thing. How much sleep are you getting now on average, Scotty? Ooh, I mean, it's it's tough because it's all like in blocks, you know? So like, we'll get two hours here and then all of a sudden he might sleep the next block or not. Last night, he he did not want to go down. So I just woke up and, and turned on Netflix downstairs and chilled with the little man. But uh, it, it varies. He's not too bad, though. Oh, that's so good. Oh, my gosh. Okay, Merrick Avery McCreary. You're calling him Avery. Are those family names or are they just names that you both like? Yeah, so Merrick is a family name. Uh, Gabi's dad, my wife, her dad was Merrick the Third, Merrick Dugal the Third, and he didn't have any boys, so the family name kind of stopped. But um, us having a boy, we wanted to kind of carry on the the Dugal Merrick name. So, and then Avery is uh, his middle name, and that's like Avery County is where we go in the mountains. It's where we got engaged, close to where we got married. To us, it's like heaven on earth. So. Just a little ode to the to Carolina mountains there with uh, Avery, and that's that's what we're calling them. So. I love that. Well, and it's a super Southern thing to go by your middle name. That's like par for the course. Some of our friends had done it, and like I was always like, man, their teachers must have hated them in school or something. But I, <laughs> it really flowed nicely. It rolled off the tongue for us, and I was like, this is this is exactly what we're gonna do. So did yeah, you do the yell test, thing. Scotty? The yell test is always important. Like when he gets older and he's in trouble. You have to see if it will roll off the tongue. So when you do all three names together, that's that's the most important thing. I had never heard of that until like recently, like right before he was born. And we had kind of decided on the name. And I was like, oh, man, what if this doesn't pass the Yale test? But uh, luckily, it, it did work and and rolls off. And I think he'll be very afraid if I if I use all three. <laughs> it all does. Three it's, it's like very, it's a strong name. <laughs> yes. But it is like kind of like if you used it all together and like in the Yale test, I'd be like, oh. Yeah, America it's a very, it's <laughs> a very good strong name. I like it. What's your daddy superpower? Thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, everybody has something that they figure out. Oh, you know what? I'm really good at feeding, swaddling, you know, diaper changing. So, what's your superpower with Avery? I would say uh, I'm still learning, but I, I would say calming him down. Uh, I think something about the low voice. I'll sing to him at night and. Uh, uh, sometimes it doesn't always work, but more often than not, he'll be yelling and, and then he'll just kind of ease right up. And, and even in the hospital, right after he was born, you know, they kind of took him and, and put him away, like in a little thing where they were doing the examinations and he was, he was losing his mind. And I walked over and said, Hey buddy. And as soon as he heard my voice, it just, he calmed right down and uh, they're like, Oh, he, he recognizes you. So oh, it was pretty cool. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh goodness. I just I'm yeah. like that just makes my heart so warm. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> Have you written a song for him yet? I wrote him a lot of songs before he was born just kind of like for what I was feeling, what I was thinking, uh, all that. I haven't sat down and wrote one for him yet since he's been here. Um but I'm definitely uh, writing down ideas and and uh 
I got a bunch of rights scheduled this week and next, too, so I have a feeling he'll be getting a handful of them coming pretty soon. Sweet. So what's been the most surprising thing about being a dad for you, Scotty? I don't know. Maybe just uh, the soft side of me, the sensitive. I, I've always kind of been a stone-cold, go-with-the-flow kind of guy, but, like, man, I just take a one look at him, and it kind of— just it gets me all the time whether it's just him the cutest thing to me is when he's getting burped after you know mama's fed him and he just is sitting there like what is happening but uh, it just always gets me and i've had a few moments where like tears have come to my eyes and i'm like who am i like what is happening to me but um but yeah he's he's definitely struck a chord with me that it, that has not been struck before that that's for sure well it's got to make it really really hard for you to go back out on the road now that you've got this little guy. But by the time this episode drops, you'll be back at it. So will your family travel with you out on the road? Next year, I think so. And yeah, it's I'm very much anticipating, nervously anticipating getting back on the road, I think, because it's, it's my life. I love the road. I love my band. I love seeing the fans. But even like before he was born, it was kind of getting tougher and tougher to, to, you know, get on the bus or go to the, get on the plane. It's like, oh man, I'm, I'm leaving the fan behind. But yeah, I might. Speaking of waterworks, I might be, you know, shedding a few tears getting in the airport, you know, for the first show back. But next year we're bringing out a baby bus, and Mama and, and Avery will be out there with us. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Well, let's talk about the deluxe edition of Same Truck. We got six new songs. I mean, they're new to us, but they've been there the whole time, right? You've had these. Yeah. So it was such a uh, strange way to make a record this last time around, kind of going through a global pandemic, as I'm sure it was for for all the artists that were recording at the time. But we basically had a full project, a full album that was ready to go. And a lot of these songs on the deluxe album were part of that. But then everything shuts down and we have all this time. So it's like, what do we do? And and for me, I spent a lot of time in this room right here and just picking up the guitars and writing songs. And I started falling really in love with these new songs we were writing. And and so most of what you hear on the original Same Truck album is kind of what came from the time of writing during the pandemic. But then I was like, man, I still love these songs that we recorded kind of before. And I don't want those to just get shelved. So fortunately, my, my label was like, well, let's let's put out a deluxe. Let's, you know, more music, more music. And nowadays, you know, you got to just keep putting out more content, more stuff. So it worked out good. It's kind of the best of both worlds for me. So which one was the first one you knew you were going to add back? Like if you only had 12 on the first one, what was 13? Like what was waiting in the hopper? Oh, see, I love them all. But for probably uh, a song called Small Town Story. Uh, We wrote this whole song just kind of about like my life and my start and kind of where I was and, you know, how it really took off once Gabi got in my life. And at the very end, it talks about, you know, like hinting towards, are we talking kids, that kind of thing. And during the regular album, we weren't at that point, but now we definitely are. So it was it's cool to uh, to add that one back in on the deluxe and be like, yeah, we, we were talking kids. And here, here he is. Chapter four. Chapter five, the dog arrives. So we have to know, how is Moose handling Avery? (laughs) Are they friends? I mean, that's different for a dog when you bring a baby in the house. Moose loves Avery. I do think there was, and it probably still isn't, the adjustment period. I mean, Moose is like, guys, you used to cuddle with me, and now you're holding this <laughs> new little human. Like, what the heck? And um, and he'll just like, 
we'll be sitting there holding Avery and he'll just bring his little tennis ball and just drop it in our lap. And oh. like, okay, now it's my turn. Um, <laughs> but but for the most part, I mean, he'll walk up to and he'll just give Avery like kisses on his feet or on the top of his head and, and say, hey, so I think he knows he's he's his little brother and that he's here to stay. Okay, well, you also have a song called Small Town Girl, which we love. So tell us about your small town. You mentioned you don't, you live in North Carolina, you don't live in Nashville. Tell us about your small town. Yeah, uh, you know, I love Nashville, but something for me, you know, my hometown and the people, that's, that's what makes it great to me is, is, my buddies now, or they were my buddies when I was two years old. You know, I was playing ball with these guys, and even Gabby, we grew up five minutes apart from each other, and our families are still, you know, two neighborhoods apart. They're they're pretty close. So, um, I don't know. It's it's just such a cool place. It's growing just like everywhere. And to me, it's like, oh, it's not it's not the same garden that it used to be. We got a Starbucks now, and it's, you know, but it, it still has that feel to it. And yeah, love my hometown. So one of the songs that we were actually listening to before you joined us is Live a Little. And we decided it would be really fun to see how many of those places you've been to. Ooh, I'm not sure I've been to many, but I want to go. Drop uh, the Eiffel Tower. This Las Vegas count. Been there. <laughs> Have not been to Paris though. I mean, it is an Eiffel Tower. No, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Technicality. We have not. We were going to Paris before uh, the world shut down. Before we were kicking off a European tour, we were going to go to the Eiffel Tower, but now still got to go. Okay, it's on the list. What about Napa? Been to Napa once, and. Uh, Left our mark. We drank a lot of wine. So, yes, love Napa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Left our mark. I like it. Uh-huh. Uh, Jamaica. Yeah. <laughs> I have not. Nope. I have not been to Jamaica. Diamond Head. I have been to Diamond Head. Have, have hiked all the way to the top. Wow. Ah. Okay, that's impressive. That is impressive. Buckingham Palace. I have been to Buckingham Palace. Yes. We went when I was a kid, and I played for the Royals, uh, this baseball team, and—, and I was like, man, if I wear this royal shirt, maybe they'll see me and they'll let me in when I was like seven years old thinking that. <laughs> Didn't quite work out that way. But. I mean, hey, it's good logic. <laughs> it's really smart for a seven-year-old. He's like, if it says royals on my shirt, they're going to be like, oh, how did you get outside? He's one of us. You're supposed to be in here with us. It, right. Sit down and have your tea. Thank you. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought. I don't know why it didn't work. Okay, this one I'm real jealous of if you say yes. The Mediterranean Sea. I have been to the Mediterranean Sea. Wow. Yeah, we went. That was that same trip when we were going overseas as a kid. My dad traveled for a living, so he had all these points. So, like, once a year we'd go on these trips. So, yeah, that was fun. Awesome. <laughs> you mentioned yeah. it just briefly there when you said you were going to go to Paris because you did have, like, this European tour that you were like, let's go do it, and then the whole world closed down. So have you had a chance to go back yeah. over? Have you been over since we kind of reopened and reemerged? Yeah, so we did get the chance to go back. But I tell you, we were so sad when when it didn't work out the first time because we had this great year planned out. We were going out on tour with Chris Young. We had shows in like Switzerland and Germany and 
we were the last show to play the Ryman in Nashville right before everything shut down. And I remember I, I took a glass and me and the band had a toast and I said, boys, here's to the best year of our life. And then the very next day, everything uh, shuts down. So uh, oh. it, they were like, thanks for jinxing it, man. But, <laughs> but you know, I, I know that's what I get, but we did get the chance to go back and we uh, did C2C with Darius. We got to go to Ireland and England and Scotland and, um, so it was so fun. And honestly, I think the energy was even better because everybody was kind of waiting and, and we kind of finally got back there and the shows were unreal. I want to go back to the current single, which is a song that's on the original. It matters to her. This is one you wrote. Tell us about that song. Yeah. Uh, it's always cool to do these interviews in, in the studio that I write some of these songs. In. And so it matters to her. I wrote it right in this chair. Uh, with my buddies Red Akins and Lee Thomas Miller, and yeah, that song just kind of came about, just talking about how man, it's it's not always the biggest and baddest date nights that that really impress uh, the ladies. You know, for me with my wife, if I just don't have to be asked to do it, <laughs> but like if I'm cleaning up behind me or, or doing some laundry or dishes or just very simple things, you know, taking the initiative to go ahead and do that, that that's what really uh, adds up and makes the difference. So. We were just kind of talking about that, and then that's where the song came from. It, I don't think anybody had that idea that day. Like, it wasn't, we weren't waiting to write that one. It just kind of came up from conversation. It matters to her, it stays on her mind. When you put her first, every single time. Does Gabi have a favorite lyric in this song? Um, yeah, the, the shut up and listen to what she has to say line would be her favorite, <laughs> <laughs> favorite line for sure. <laughs> If I can yeah. high five her right now. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Huge high five to Gabi. Oh, yes. Gabi has inspired so many of your songs, we know. But how does she react to your songs now versus like when you guys first started dating? Uh, you know, I think she thinks, I still think she thinks they're sweet. I hope so, because I write a lot of them. Um, <laughs> early on when we were just starting to date, I remember there was there was one time that I brought my guitar over to her house and we're still in high school and, and, uh, I was like, hey, I wrote the song for you. I want to play it for you. And I remember she was like very shy and, and awkward about it. She was like, oh my, oh my gosh, this is <laughs> sweet. But like, it was, it was kind of like too sweet. I, I don't know. But nowadays <laughs> she's like, oh, you know, thank you. And I think she loves them. But back then it was maybe a touch awkward when we were just starting to date when we were 17 years old, maybe. It's like, he's really intense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The song was not that great either. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> Tour dates throughout December, including a performance at Opry Country Christmas on December 4th. Are you yeah. a big Christmas guy? Ooh, I love Christmas. I sing Christmas music all the time. Ask my band, like, it'll be July 2nd. We'll be on the road, and I'll, I'll be... <laughs> like, I'll just be walking down the bus doing that. And I don't know, but I can't wait. I love it. Do you guys have big plans for Avery's first Christmas? Yeah. We kind of trade off Christmas, Thanksgiving every other year with our families. And this Christmas is the Dugal side, my wife's family's Christmas. And they're all from Louisiana. And my sister-in-law, her sister and all them, they live down in New Orleans. So we're going to go do a Cajun Christmas this year and, and head on down south. And they know how to eat. They know how to drink. They know how to have a good time down in Louisiana. So you can uh, rest assured it's going to be fun for sure. Um, and they're all, I mean, I call them the crazy Cajuns on her side of the family. They're, they're awesome. So fun. 
And then our, our cousin just had a little baby as well. And then my sister-in-law just had a baby as well. So it's, it's going to be a lot of babies this Christmas down there. Oh, that's so fun. Okay, as 2022 wraps up, what is on the dream board for 2023? New album. And one thing that I'm always dreaming of, it's still, it's always been my biggest goal in what I do is, is one day a member at the Grand Ole Opry. I feel like it's, that's when I'll say, you've made it, Scotty. Like, you, you, you've arrived. So I'm going to keep working for it. But that's, if you're going to have a dream board, that would be at the top of the list. My dream board is that I get to be the one that brings you out. I was going to say. That would be cool. It'd <laughs> ah, <laughs> be amazing. be amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Same Truck, the deluxe album is out right now. Scotty McCreary, happy holidays and all of our love to your family. Thank you all for having me. So much fun. And we will see you all in Nashville soon. Today, we're going to take a look back on the career of one of the biggest groups in the history of country music. Throughout their journey, this band charted 43 number one hits, and they are the most awarded band in the history of country music with over 200 awards. We're talking about the ACM's Artist of the Decade for the 1980s, Alabama. The band was founded by three cousins from Fort Payne, Alabama. Lead singer, Randy Owen, bass guitarist, Teddy Gentry, and multi-instrumentalist, Jeff Cook. The trio began playing together in 1969 and later hired drummer Mark Herndon. This is a bittersweet edition of Rediscover as Jeff passed away on November 7th at his home in Destin, Florida, after a long battle with Parkinson's. While Jeff is credited for introducing the electric double neck guitar to country music, he was also such a skilled musician that he could play almost any instrument, one of which was featured in a hit song we'll be talking about in just a few minutes. Honestly, I can't believe we haven't rediscovered Alabama yet, but luckily, the time has finally come. So let's dig into some of their greatest hits. Randy, Jeff, and Teddy grew up together in Fort Payne, Alabama, occasionally playing music together in the 1960s. They started off playing in bars and theme parks across the South and eventually decided to do music full-time. They became the house band at the Myrtle Beach Bar called The Bowery. They went from performing as a local band to being the best-selling country band of all time, selling 75 million records. The band had quite a few different drummers in the early years, but Mark Herndon completed the group as we know it when he joined in 1979. It was a rocky relationship over the years, with the cousins later insisting he was never an official member of the band, just a hired drummer. Randy Owen at one point even said that it was the record label's idea to include Mark in the publicity shots because they wanted a country version of the Beatles. Well, Mark was inducted with the group into the Country Music Hall of Fame in 2005, so there's that. At any rate, while working in Myrtle Beach, the group had recorded music independently and charted a couple songs, which got them attention from Nashville. The first single they released after signing to RCA Records was Tennessee River. Randy wrote it as he did many of their hits, and it was the group's first number one. Fun fact, remember back in the early 2000s when everyone had real song clips as their ringtones? Uh, yes, of course. <laughs> well, Randy Owen had Tennessee River as his ringtone. <laughs> It's like the ultimate flex. It is. 
<laughs> That's hysterical. The song, of course, like their name, paid tribute to their home state, the first of many songs to do that. Tennessee River also began their string of 21 consecutive number one singles between 1980 through 1987. That's nearly three a year. The charts sure moved a lot faster back then. Yes, they did. And the band was on fire. During the 1980s, every one of Alabama's albums sold at least one million copies. Their recorded music was incredible, but fans know that their live shows were legendary. Alabama was a country band at heart, but they also knew how to rock it out on stage. They had long hair and scruffy good looks that appealed to the younger generation of country music fans. Altogether, I think they had 33 chart-topping songs, which we can't possibly get to a quarter of them. So let's pick a few favorites, like Mountain Music, a song they released in 1982. Play some back home, come on music, that comes from the heart. Play something with lots of feeling Cause that's where music has to start According to Randy Owen's book, Born Country, Mountain Music took three years to write. But it was really special to him. Basically, it was his childhood in a song. Now, if one part of that song feels especially familiar, it's probably because in 2011, Brad Paisley incorporated the bridge into his own single, Old Alabama, a collaboration with the band that would be their last number one on the charts. Brad debuted that song at a private industry event that year, and I had a friend who was there. She leaned over to the guy next to her at the table when the song started and said, Brad, better watch out. Randy Owen's gonna sue if he hears this song. <laughs> and then Randy, Jeff, and Teddy all came out on stage. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Another Alabama song that Brad referenced in his single was the band's 1983 Dixieland Delight. Now, this is a popular song that gets called out in other songs. It has also been referenced by Midland, Russell Dickerson, Nico Moon, and Walker Hayes. Couldn't feel better. I'm together with my Dixieland delight. If you've ever been to a football game at the University of Alabama, you've probably heard this song played. <laughs> right. Fans yell out things between the lines. Like after the line, spend my dollar, they yell out on beer. <laughs> and of course, insert plenty of roll tides and disparaging comments against other SEC teams. Spend my dollar You know, I will never shout Roll Tide, but I do remember Alabama's album, Roll On. Oh, yeah. I've marked down two tracks in particular I want to dive into off of that project. First, if you're going to play in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band, which was released as a B-side in 1984. Okay, do we need to explain A-sides and B-sides? Do people even remember 45s? <laughs> <laughs> Ask Alexa to explain it to you, kids. We got enough to get through here. Obviously, if you're going to play in Texas, salutes the instrument that is a staple of country music, the fiddle. It also gives a nod to the good old Texas traditions and the deep roots of the genre. And of course, it name checks the band's fiddle player, Jeff Cook. So we dusted off our boots and put our cowboy hats on straight. Them Texans raised the roof when Jeff opened up his case. 
Then we have I'm not that way anymore, which honestly is one people may not remember, which is the point of Rediscover, right? (laughs) It was actually the A side of the record and became the group's 14th consecutive number one single. During the first few weeks, If You're Gonna Play in Texas was on the Billboard chart, I'm Not That Way Anymore was also charting the same time. A child of the 60s in 74 But I'm not that way Before we move on to our next song, we've reached the point in the band's journey where member Randy Owen began his work with the St. Jude Children's Hospital. He started Country Cares for St. Jude Kids in 1989, and since then, it has raised more than $800 million through radiothons and events on more than 200 country radio stations throughout the U.S. In celebration of the program's 30th anniversary, a patient family room at the hospital was dedicated to Randy in 2019. He truly is, to borrow from his own song, an angel among us. so many random tidbits about that song. Like the choir in the background is from the First Baptist Church in Fort Payne. And Randy sang it at Dale Earnhardt's funeral. Don't forget, it would later become the title track for a gospel album released in 2014. We've skipped ahead in the band's timeline here, but Angels Among Us was released as a Christmas single from the band's album, The Cheap Seats, in the early 90s. Ooh, since we're officially in the holiday season now, we can talk about their Christmas album literally titled Christmas. (laughs) They released it in September of 1985. It had a cover of Amy Grant's Tennessee Christmas and the now iconic Christmas in Dixie. Christmas in Dixie It's snowing in the pines All four members of the band are credited as writers on that song. So there were moments of harmony. Okay, so back to the hits. They just kept coming. Iconic songs and videos like 40-Hour Week, Celebrating the Working Man, and Roll On, which raised up truck drivers. They also had a romantic side they showcased in their ballads, including The Closer You Get and Love in the First Degree. In 1986, RCA released the Greatest Hits album, which sold more than 5 million copies. The hits continued into the 90s, I want to talk about Alabama's 1990 single, Jukebox In My Mind. Clearly, a lot of people related to this song because it spent four weeks at number one. Although the jukebox reference is a little outdated, it's used as a metaphor for all the memories within the narrator's mind. Just like how we all have songs that remind us of both good and bad times in life. In the corner of my mind stands a jukebox. Nowadays, I guess that would be a playlist in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) We do have a jukebox at the Country Heat House. You have to plug your phone into it, but it's still a jukebox. (laughs) Yes, it's still a jukebox. Okay, we're running out of time, but we absolutely need to fast forward to 1999 when Alabama teamed up with a boy band, my favorite boy band, for God must have spent a little more time on you. Knowing your love for boy bands, I was waiting for you to bring this up. I would love to know your thoughts on Alabama working with NSYNC. 
Well, first off, let's make sure everyone knows this was a cover of an NSYNC song from their 1998 self-titled debut album. Alabama then featured the song on their 20th Century album. Got it. The collaboration ended up hitting number one on the country chart in Canada, number three in the U.S., and number 29 on the Billboard Hot 100. So I guess it was a smart move. (laughs) I guess so. We also have to acknowledge how Alabama's success shaped the sound of country music. All of a sudden, everyone was signing bands to record deals. Diamond Rio, Restless Heart, Shenandoah, Exile, Lone Star, even Rascal Flatts. They all have the boys from Fort Payne to thank for paving the way. We have barely scratched the surface of this group's legacy. I swear, we need to spin off Rediscover into a podcast of its own. Hmm. 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 (laughs) For now, if you want to hear more from Alabama, check out their massive catalog on Amazon Music. Next week on the podcast, we are going to sit down and chat with Cody Johnson. I have to tell you, I'm super excited about this because I haven't had an in-depth conversation with him yet. Cody has a live album that's coming out Friday, and we're going to dig into the process of making that project, which is obviously different from doing a studio album. We're also going to rediscover the music of Patti Loveless, who blew us all away at the CMA Awards last month when she performed with Chris Stapleton. I think we need to dig into some gift ideas for the country music fans on your shopping list. I have a lot of shopping left to do, and I'm going to have to do the research anyway, so I feel like it should be a segment. So find and follow Country Heat Weekly wherever you listen to podcasts. And find and follow us on social media. I'm the Kelly Sutton. And I'm Hey, it's Amber A. It's time for our most favorite burning question the nosiest of the nosy. We love to ask the stars, what is the last thing they bought on Amazon? I hope we're not going to give away anyone's Christmas presents. (laughs) Think about that. I think it was a little early for everyone to have started shopping. And honestly, the ladies of country music were super practical. Take a listen to the answers that we got from Lainey Wilson, Kelsey Ballerini, Ingrid Andress, and Ashley McBride. (laughs) Probably some inserts from my heels because I got plantar fasciitis. (laughs) Um, Groceries yesterday. Some kind of moisturizer. Probably like tinted SPF for all the the sun that's coming out this winter. Oh my gosh. This um, rubber broom that you sometimes see in salons to pick up hair, but it's for my golden retriever's hair. Yeah. (laughs) The vacuum doesn't do a good enough job. Dirk Bentley had a practical answer with a fun twist. Uh, Last thing, oh, cones, parking cones for my house. I live over in the nearby college area here, and uh, people keep parking in front of my house. So I have these cones I put out to keep them taking my spot. My wife hates it. So yeah, parking cones. All I can think about is those college kids stealing his cones and decorating their dorm rooms with them. (laughs) Nate Smith and Parker McCollum had purchases that were a little more fun. I bought a a, uh, jewelry holder. So that's coming in today or tomorrow. (laughs) And it holds my necklaces and my rings and stuff. There you go. I'm being honest with you. I'm being honest. I'm like a tool toolkit, uh, 75-piece toolkit from Craftsman. A radar gun. Uh, throwing a baseball on the road, trying to see who can throw it the hardest. We haven't used it. We haven't used it yet, though. My merch guy ran 16 miles an hour down the hallway of the arena the other day, though. So, shout out Lane. Mickey Guyton gave the best shopping tip. Um, the last thing I bought from Amazon, I actually looked at this because I, I just bought a throw blanket for my new house I just bought. Have you ever shopped on Amazon Home? If you go on at Amazon Home on Instagram, like the whole, anything you need for your house, there. Yeah. Yes, like every, I've literally decorated my house from Amazon. Okay, show's over. Going to follow them right now. 
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Country Heat Weekly ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at listenerstudy.com. Nancy's love story could have been ripped right out of the pages of one of her own novels. She was a romance mystery writer who happens to be married to a chef. But this story didn't end with a happily ever after. When I stepped into the kitchen, I could see that Chef Brophy was on the ground, and I heard somebody say, call 911. As writers, we'd written our share of murder mysteries. So when suspicion turned to Dan's wife, Nancy, we weren't that surprised. The first person they look at would be the spouse. We understand that's usually the way they do it. But we began to wonder, had Nancy gotten so wrapped up in her own novels... There are murders in all of the books. ...that she was playing them out in real life? You can listen to Happily Never After, Dan and Nancy, early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Country Heat Weekly is a production of Amazon Music and Wondery. Executive producer is Melissa Locker for Nevermind Media. Senior producer is Joyce Reiser. Recording engineer, Aaron Dethridge. Sound design by Debbie Daughtry. Production assistance from Rick Hamilton, Annie Reuter, Madeline O'Connell, Tim Einenkel, and Jeremy Chua. Our theme song, Country Time, was written and performed by Mia Byrne. The team for Amazon Music and Wondery includes Nathan Brackett, Michelle Kammerer, Emily Feld, Callum Blues, Emily Belote, and Jenny Tay. The executive producers for Wondery are Dave Easton and Marshall Louie. Essential production support from Marley, Steve, Grace, Winnie, Moses, Wicket, Osmo, Abby, Big Brother Moose, and all the other very good dogs out there. Find and follow Country Heat Weekly on Amazon Music or wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll get the latest episodes just as soon as they drop. 